Hello? Hello? Is this better? What do you mean? Can you hear me? No, I've got the headphones on. Right, this is a good start. Professional. No, I'm just asking. Beforehand. I can hear you. Okay, that is good. Okay. Now it's 301. 301, let's get started. So, would you like to introduce any listeners to what we're going to do today? Let's go for this. This is Mouse of the Clyde. We talk about news from around Scotland and fun things from around the world. It's what we do. And other things. We're kind of funny just sometimes. To be, just to be straight up front, it's going to be utter garbage. Like This is not going to be some sort of professional podcast or smooth operation. It's going to be utter trash. I feel like we should start off with the main talk of the house today. And the Tesco meal deals, we decided to go and have a competition, see who could get the best value. William, what was your choices? Yeah, we went to try to beat the house. That's what we're trying to do. So I went for... No, so so everybody doesn't know, everybody knows probably, but if you don't know Tesco, you get a drink, a main and a snack and it's £3. But each item is of varying levels of prices. So what you have to do is try and beat Tesco and get the most value for your £3. So, Gui, what did you get? I got a £3 sandwich, a wrap, which was vegan, which was £3 right off. So everything that I get from here is a profit. Then I went big can of Red Bull, which is £2.15, which have three cans of Red Bull in the deal, right? Mm-hmm. But they have the small, large and extra large. And what back in the day, they didn't fridge them all. But now they're fridging them all, so they're really setting themselves up like to... But back in the day that you'd have to go and find the big one, which was in the deal, and they didn't put it in the yeah, fridge. Yeah, like in the out. drink sale. Mm-hmm. So how much is the big Red Bull? Like two fifteen. Two fifteen for the big Red Bull. Right, so you're and... on over a five or now. And I think my eggs were two pound also. Yeah, a pack of, of not as a pound fifty for four hard boiled eggs, which. Given your medical issues and Crohn's disease, I don't know why you went ahead and got yourself some eggs. I might just give them to Max or throw them at you later don't on. Don't give them to Max. Would Max is the dog, like... by the way, if anyone doesn't know, Max is our smallest absolute dog. He has a. He likes to eat, let's put it that way. Yeah. We do have some news on another Max dog, but we'll get to that. But for my meal deal, I got three sandwiches, a cheese triple, which was two fifty. I got, and if you should say as well, we had to do this on a vegetarian thing because we don't eat meat and stuff, so we had to do it not meat because you'd probably spend more money if you ate meat. But I got a two fifty egg sandwich, a pack of plant based refrigerator bite things, which are liquid, and I beat you on the drink because I got the smoothie, the innocent smoothie, whatever it's called, that is two sixty five. That is the most expensive drink. Do you think you could beat it on meat? Do you think like Yeah, I feel like on this? meat yeah, meat I think you could get more because like um if you look on there's a Cajun chicken wrap which is two seventy five, so you can get over that two fifty, but considering we had to stick to that, it was pretty good. I know for a fact that you can get better ones in Morrison's, but their ones is three pounds fifty rather than three pounds, so the Tesco's beating them on price. Marks and Spencer's also pretty good. No, it would just be a fan of the Marks and Spencer stuff. Who can afford that? How much does Marks and Spencer's meal do? I think three fifty four pound. No, I'm reading it here. It's a fiver. A Most fiver. expensive meal deal. Uh, a fiver was a paltry max savings of twenty six percent. So the highest value meal deal you get from Marks and Spencer apparently is six pounds eighty. So you can't really save much money. Um, I'm getting this by the way on, on the Sun. This is not my own research. I'm stealing this. But they're saying that the Tesco one. The meal deal cost is £3. The highest value meal deal is £6.60, so you can save £3.60 if you choose the most high-ticket items. That's interesting. I would... It's always been a hobby of mine. And, like, I always scoff at someone, like, see if they're buying a sandwich, like, an egg crest sandwich, it's, like, 99p, and you're, like, mm, vegan yeah. that for you can get... You can get a ham it's hock. Just, it's just the ultimate chance to scam, so that's very much your MO. Yeah, I think I was taught when I was younger. I had my hand slapped for trying to buy a cheese sandwich. 
is there anything in Tesco that you would say maybe the average person wouldn't buy or if people were a bit bored by their shopping list due to lockdown and stuff, what in Tesco is a favourite of yours? Stroop waffle. You bought them today. Like you Stroop waffles. I've got a pack right here. They're kind of hidden. I will say though, they're expensive because 10 waffles for what? Like a pound 60? That is expensive and you know fine well I'm going to eat these 10 waffles in a sitting. Oh, they destroyed my teeth. Like, I just end up crying if you want my teeth are on fire after eating them. Do they not have a cheaper alternative in Aldi? I'm sure we've had they the do, Aldi ones. They, they do, but the Aldi ones are thicker than the actual strip waffle brand ones you get in Tesco, but they're I feel they're, like, softer and not as crisp. They're not, like, biscuity. They're cakey, I feel like. I do love, like, putting them over a coffee and letting them melt. Like, that's really yeah. good, but because I always use a big cup, like it, it doesn't sit properly. I need to use a smaller yeah. cup if I want that. Yeah, but anyway, would you have any ideas for them to have something for their tea tonight? What would you have? Right. I know you can take the boy out of Greenock, but you can't take the Greenock out of the boy. And as soon as it rains and it's grey, I think mince and toys. That's just instantly where I go. I'm like, it's cold. If you always want a dumpling weight. Like, as soon as I'm making something like that, you're like, oh, have you got any dumplings on? Like you're very much a classic Greenock boy, and you're always taking the piss out of me for my food choices. But is there a choice here that I've I've not seen? My mum does it. It's like she has all of it on a piece. Like it needs to have like a layer of bread at the bottom. Mm. Oh, speaking on food, by the way, and you being the Greenock boy, you were telling me last night about a story that you were on the front cover of a magazine or a paper or something. What was that? I was on the front cover of the Clyde Post in Primary 7, where it was just... So this would have been about 1994, 1995. And they were talking about healthy eating in schools. And this boy chooses a salad. And there's a picture of me with Avril the dinner lady. And she's holding a salad. And I've got a salad, in, a cheese salad in front of me. And one of those wee Flintstone drinks with a big smile on my face. And I was the face of Greenock salad, St Mary's salad. I have heard it say though that you are Greenock's original weirdo. Yeah, we don't talk about another podcast I listened to before. Yeah. What would be your when you were in? What you say? Shandy, if you're out there, please just let me know. Just, just let us know your thing. But could you, like, so for anybody that listens and doesn't know, I, I was born in Greenock, but I moved to America when I was 10, 11 or something like that. So I went to a lot of American like, middle schools and high schools. So I didn't have the exact same experiences as you. Could you tell me, like, in Scotland, what was the sort of lunchtime experience? What would you get on your lunch tray? All right. So do you want to do that now? Since, like, do I almost... Because people don't know us, like, if they've clicked this, what they've done mm-hmm. off of that, but some people might be coming in actually through the, the way. So let's explain who we are. Let's give them a a origin story. So right. do you want to you start with that? Or wait, what's this right? You're cutting out. To... Am I cutting out? Yeah. I'm not it's trying right, to no, Right, tell us your origin That's story, not... go for it. Right, we'll stick with the, the dinner thing, right? dinner origins so I I was one of the kids that walked to the chippy that his whole dinner was walking it was like we used to walk to Olds Ashy yeah there are a wee button like see the button beside end live with the wee with the wee mic thing alright yeah okay if you hit that you can smoke I've been doing it and I didn't see, I this didn't is just an absolute disaster this is extremely unprofessional Right, continue, fucking, continue. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, I'll mute myself, you talk. Right now, you're seeing the inside of how the sausage rolls are made. I'm just putting that out there. It's funny because you've got Speaking of sausage rolls, continue with the fucking, your lunch story. You walked to Olds. Oh, we're dropping F-bombs now. Are you allowed to swear on a podcast? Yeah, we're allowed to swear on a podcast. Right, well, go. Disney and the BBC is not going to pick us up, though. You might. We could be commissioned. Can you just get on with that? All right, let's go. Right, so I walk to Olds every day 
but I also went to old in the morning, like because I walked past it. So I would have a bacon, a deep fried bacon roll and tortoise scone every morning. Then I would have deep fried. Deep. They would take it and like you know the fryer they use for the chips. Yeah. They would put a tortoise scone and like four bits of bacon, and it would come out, and the bacon would just be crisp, and it was it was fucking oh, brilliant. Oh no, 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 no! And that's breakfast. That was breakfast. There were a, a wee shop around the corner from the academy also that did the the typical like Greek like school dinner, which was like a chip roll and a can of juice for like fifty. Mhm. Chip roll gravy can. It was usually one of those or one of those plastic bottles like the Panda Cola or the Crystal Clear and stuff like that. Mhm. That sort of thing. I never stayed in school. I was never a fan of in school meals. So, what what would like, if you did stay in school? What would you have on your lunch tray that would be provided by your educational provider? All right, I've I did it a few times. So, I would always go for like there would always be a pasta, and there would always be like sausage rolls, slice rolls, and then there would be that cake make the like, traditional school square cake. Yeah. So it would it would usually be chips. Because that's what we that's what this country loves on. It's a good old portion of chips. Then mm-hmm. I used to like baked potatoes, as you know, that I come from that generation where I'm Greek's original salad eater, so I always like any way I could get cheese into me was good. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go to South Central LA for you were. Tell me it wasn't about South this. Central LA, it was Sacramento, California in the early two thousands. So I would get into school in the morning and there was like a wee cafe, like a sort of Starbucks situation. I would get myself a mocha with a caramel shot. I would have a bagel and cream cheese and I would have that before I went to my first morning class. And then for lunch, like, because it's so big, like in America, you can't really walk to any shops and stuff. Everything's so spread out. You have to just eat while you're there. So I would just go to the sort of cafe again. And like, it was kind of... I hung about with a bunch of like sort of punk and goth people who had never really ate. I was always just the greedy person that would be eating. So I was just kind of on my own there. But like traditional American, like I did go to elementary school over there for a bit. So on your lunch tray, I remember there was a lot of corn dogs. There was um, like a fruit cup. But it was like really unhealthy things because these days, like my cousin, who you know, Scarlett, um, she's seven. And in her school, her family gets sent home a menu every week. And there'll be like several options, and you can see each category they've tried to meet, you know, like the food pyramid. So there'll be a carbohydrate, a protein, a dairy option. But like I had like a fucking a corn dog. That every single thing on the plate was just like artificial something. I don't feel there was any sort of consideration other than how can we feed them on a budget. Was it that yellow colour? Everything was that. I. It was like uh, you just empty like a farm foods freezer and heat it. That's exactly it. But it's exactly like imagine like pretzels and stuff like that. It's like like if you watch an American movie and see like sort of like cliche stuff, that's exactly what it's like. But the thing with the Scarlet in the dinners now, that's Jamie Oliver's fault. Jamie Oliver came and greeted into school dinners and now everyone's eating salad and pretzel see, sandwiches and stuff. Speaking of fucking Jamie Oliver, we've been in Tesco lately and noticed the turkey twizzlers are back. How have they done it? Have they tried to like because now they can, instead of them just being us gummy, it's like, these are vintage and classic. Look at these. Like, I, don't, like, I haven't read the ingredients on them, but they do look in like a fancier packaging. They're not in the traditional sort of freezer bags. I remember seeing them back in the day. They're in like one of these sort of like silver tray things. And they do look, I don't know, more breaded. And I think they're to be baked and stuff. So I think they obviously have done it. Like, I'll look it up while we're doing this here. What other things did Jamie Oliver get rid of? Because people seem to have a real hatred of him, but again, I missed that because I wasn't this country. Oh, he fucked up Iron Brew. They used that as the excuse for how that's how his restaurant failed in Edinburgh. Like, mm-hmm. no, one, no one was happy with it. They were just like, I asked what you get for taking the sh- making the sugar tax, you dick. Mm. But I, like, it took away like, any sort of like turkey twizzlers and like, look, what Wayne is like, instead of going, oh, could I have can I have chips or can I have boiled potatoes, please? Can I tell you on this thing here? Bernard Matthews announced it was relaunching their all-new turkey Twizzlers with 70% turkey compared to the previous 34% and it has less fat. 
my nan like see is that what you're saying about your nan no my nan like she used to get like turkey jetters and turkey dinosaurs and stuff like that sorry for jumping in that's all right i was just wondering i'm gonna ask like since on the the, the turkey twizzler discussion if you could bring back a sort of childhood favorite like unhealthy food or something is there anything that you really miss that you wish you could get again right my favorite is still there like i go and I, look, they've changed them a wee bit it's crispy pancakes i which I'm not sure, Findus crispy pancakes and French bread pizzas was the two things that I lived on as a kid and they're still there but I think I think there is like pizza baguettes now and French bread pancakes the Findus pancakes I'm not sure if I've got bigger or if they've got smaller because I remember them being I used to put them on, as you know, that I put everything on bread because that's what we do Yeah It would be two, two cheese Findus cheesy pancakes and thingy on it, tomato sauce. Did you ever, like, did you have a sort of regular, in the morning before school, you would go and buy yourself a wee play piece at a shop? Is there something you would oh, get yeah. there? I'd probably just get my juice in my iron brew. I can see from the chat room here, Ash, that one of our listeners is saying that he used to drink Tizer, and he would like to bring that back. Thank see, you, Andrew from Greenock. Thanks, Andrew. But I agree with Andrew on that because I enjoyed Tizer back in the day. And as I said, being in America and then later on moving to Australia, I came back on holiday extremely excited about Tizer and hoping that I would get it again. So I went and bought several bottles in Tesco, large bottles, took one sip of it. And as you know, my taste, I took a sip of it, didn't like it because it changed the recipe and just went, mm-mm, mm-mm, and threw it away. Right. I was told this when I was a wee guy, like probably about second year, that Tizel was made with fish eggs and that's what made it good and they took the fish eggs out of it and made oh, it back with fruit. Serious? No, I don't know. It could be in the same sort of story as people drunk too much Sunny D and turned orange. Dude, did you ever get back in the day the Heinz baked bean pizza? I've seen it. But I've never ate it. I, I probably have ate it. It seems like the sort of scummy thing that I would have put on a piece. I absolutely love that, and I've never seen it in the shop again. I don't know if they still make them, but see, really, I probably could make that. I just buy like, a tin of beans and a pizza. I could probably still, <laughs> I could probably still do that. Beans plus pizza equal beanie pizza. I think that would be nice. We should move off of food, though. We're probably just making people hungry. Yeah. Do you want to actually talk about something serious, or do you want to move on to that? Move on do to another you have... subject. Do you have any local news for us? Local news? Right, let me look. Yeah. I've, I've actually saved some, so I can go straight to it. I'll just they say, were... just for people again that don't know, we are based in Greenock, but most of the Clyde is going to cover the whole sort of Clyde region, so Glasgow and... I mean, if you're if you're affiliated or near the, the Clyde, we'll talk about you. So send in comments and then things. We're on Instagram at Mouse of the Clyde or Mouse of the Clyde at gmail.com. We do have a website, but we've not got it organised yet, but we will eventually when we get around to it see speaking of that see when i lived in australia there was this like hippie place called Fremantle, and they had um like markets and stuff there and all the hippies would make stuff and then there's this person that made stuff out of wood like carved it and they made a round wooden disc and they called it a round to it so like round t-u-i-t and it was like a wee quote on it saying like you know so curious would say when i get around to it so there's your round to it so you can do things i always thought that was really clever i wish i'd bought one I like that. That's pretty good. It reminds me of the thing from Office Space. It was a mat that said conclusions on it, and you jumped on it, so you jumped to conclusions. I like that. That's good. Um, but anyway, I yeah, we're based in Greenock, so William, Will, do you have any Greenock news for us? All right. I was going to stick with council tax, where, yes. if anyone asks, my name is Christopher James Aikman, because I've never paid council tax in my whole entire life. Censored, censored. <laughs> Right, so I think there's. I'm not telling them where I live, but council tax has been frozen. Also, I've not lived on my own, so I've never had to, and I've been a student for like ten years or something, or yeah. employed. So, so our local council has decided not to increase council tax. They had threatened they were gonna, but they're not now. They had plenty of three percent rise, but now it won't go ahead. Comes across Scottish government recently offered an additional one point two million if the council agreed not to hike the charge up. Mm-hmm. 
So I wonder what they'll spend that one point two million in Greenock. So I've got some um, things here. So there was warnings from Cosler, and they did a, a report recently saying that Scottish councils have warned they will face a half a billion pounds black hole in their finances, and that's just because they're relating to additional pressure due to the pandemic. They've had to provide additional services and things have been closed. And thing, one of the things that really troubled me and it bothered me because we pay council tax, obviously, which I'm happy to do, and you know you need to pay for local services and things like that, and that's fine. But the budget, first of all, in the council tax is going down for a lot of things, entertainment and stuff like that, and uh, museums and stuff like that, which I think is really important. But they were saying on this Cosler report that local councils, local authorities really rely on people paying parking fines and like for community parking lots, like car park stuff. So because people weren't doing that because of the pandemic, the council have got a deficit in their funding, which really troubled me. Now, look, as we do live near the town, like, we've seen those guys walking about. And like, if you've ever tried to park in Greenock, you have to put a wee clock in your window and put like, when you parked. And like, you've only got like half an hour on that desk or they will give you a big fine. Yeah, and, or like, invariably, like somebody like us who lives in the town centre and we've got a, a decent sized car park behind our flats. Um, it's kind of hidden, but if you know it's there, then you know it's easy to get into and you always just see people parking in there and try to get away with it. And it's really annoying. Like, I, I get it that people don't want to pay and you know, they get into town and stuff like that, but for like, living in the town centre is a nightmare. I feel like I, I would never do this again. Because they lifted them. They lifted those like, people from... Like, the parking guys didn't work most of the year mm-hmm. like, when the pandemic, and like, when it went back down, when we went to, I think, three... Yeah, when we went to three, they were back out, uh, but they didn't tell anyone that they went back out. They just they, they kind of just went, we're putting the park mirrors back out, like, all quiet. Then as soon as that happened, people go, look, I've seen people getting fined just from the living room window, like down the street, people were getting fined and stuff. And I think now they're, they're back away again. But but all it's done to Greenock is made people go to airport because they're nowhere to park to go into the town. And, and like no one's going to come. Let's like, say if you were like, from Largs and you were like, oh, Greenock's their next biggest town, we'll go to Greenock. Like you wouldn't even know where to park. You'd park in Tesco's, get a fine there, or they've just, what they've done is just made it a local town for local people. Mm-hmm. But they've taken away anyone that would want to come here, and I'm sure like Guruks lifted it. Guruks or SNP over the last couple of months has lifted their parking thing. They've abolished all of the parking. Mm-hmm. See, just to go back to this as well, that even though the, the, like this council or local council have, have said they're not going to put the council tax up. We've got this extra funding that Kate Forbes announced as part of our, our budget um, a couple of weeks ago. COSLA, so that's the organisation that represents local authorities, they've issued a warning, according to the Herald, over £90 million as part of the draft settlement for reviewing funding. They're saying this is not going to be a significant uplift to the core budget. So even though they're doing this, they're freezing the council tax. There's been extra funding provided by Westminster and by the Scottish Government and things. This isn't going to make any difference. It's not going to be enough. Councils are still going to face big massive they're saying half a billion pounds they're going to be facing so eventually this is going to just reflect on us because if we're not having an uprise now in our council tax what's going to happen down the line a year's time two years time somebody's going to have to pay for this and i can imagine it's going to be the people that live here because if you even think about it, one of the biggest things that the council use is a town hall for weddings or anything really mm-hmm. and that's not even getting used at all like that's one of their biggest bring money bringers then you've got two sports centers in the big bath which is would that be under the council also the bath i guess so right it's like entertainment and leisure and stuff yeah the inverclyde leisure and yeah. that's not been open so like, that's taken them because that was one of the like, i don't know if you did it like my mum used to drive me like to different because you know had the hector meal so she would drive me to all the best women pools all around scotland mm-hmm. like, to go for like my Saturday, and I'm sure that people still do that, like, go to... And that's still a good pool. It's got waves and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Other than the council tax, what else is going on locally? I've got a big thing that's going on locally that we wanted to discuss with big, you today. A big thing? Like, I'm yep. on the... I'm just getting my paper the... here because Greenock is actually in a lot of the national papers today. So... I actually don't know how to pronounce this street, even though I live here. Is it Brougham Street? Is that how you say it? Brougham, yeah. Brougham Street. 
So what has happened here in Greenock on Rome Street is that a group, I believe a local group, is called Yes to the UK campaign. Um, it's a unionist group, basically. They have paid for this right. billboard. They've paid for the billboard to be on Brougham Street. Um, and it's saying, vaccination, not separation. Do your job, First Minister. And it's got a big sort of vial and an injection on it with a picture of Nicola Sturgeon on the side. And they've obviously picked a bad picture. Um, but it's in all the, the big papers today chatting about it. Um, the group is called uh, a local activist under the name Inverclyde Yes to the United Kingdom. So they're basically trying to turn it on its head saying that they're, they want the, those people to say yes to staying in the UK rather than, you know, yes to independence. Um, and the company that does the billboard adjacent to them says that having a billboard in that location costs a minimum of £400 plus VAT per month to hire that advertising space. Do you know where that billboard is? Yeah, I've got a picture right here. There's the one up from, usually where... The lo- the laundress is just if when you're going down to Esplanade Cafe, it's like that mm. bit there. If people well, haven't a... seen it before, um, we'll put a picture on the mouth of the Clyde Instagram and you can have a wee look at that later on. Um, but you should have a look at that. Is is in all the, the papers today? There's actually an opinion piece by Shona Craven, um, and the National today, and uh, what she said is. It's not the good people of Greenock who need a reminder that Scotland matters. It's those in SW1 who are standing firm against the possibility of granting a Section 30 order to give us another say on independence despite nearly two dozen consecutive pro-yes polls. Um, and on the group, Shona has says, perhaps this, the next Scotland Matters billboard could spell out why it's that our resources seem to matter to, so much to the Tory government, but our opinions don't matter at all. And our representatives matter so little that they can be dismissed with name-calling and open contempt week in, week out in the House of Commons. And that's from the National today. You know the funny thing? I'm on the Greenock Telegraph site, right? Yeah. And that is not mentioned at all. Like, the top five stories is a slashing, electric buses, a plea for parking, Greenock women spoiled Christmas tree by throwing tree to the floor and booting presents. Mm-hmm. There's your top five. Inverclyde bans for charity online weekend. It doesn't See, cover it at all. Well, I think like this is the, the main reason I think like, Mouth of the Clyde is so important. Like, I feel like there should be alternative news and there should be different things. And of course, we should be objective and we shouldn't be biased to a certain political party. But the fact that a billboard like this has been put in a town like Greenock, I think is important and I think should be discussed by our local paper. And like, Perhaps it'll be in tomorrow. We don't want to speak too soon. Recording this on Friday, and, and maybe it'll be coming in the paper soon. The Greenock Telegraph, but as of yet, the local paper is not reporting it. The Nationals are though, so it's in them. Um, the Herald and the National. But it's I don't not know on the papers. S- it could be in. Uh, but it's not on their site. You would thought they would put it on their site at least. Well, yeah, I would think so, but I, you don't know what the, the reasons are behind that. But I feel that there's room for another, another news sort of thing in Greenock and that's where yeah. we come in we're just providing yeah. that alternative news because we've got us Greenock Telegraph and Inverclyde now mm-hmm. but again yeah. Inverclyde now like, Greenock Telegraph and Inverclyde now they work really hard good journalists there and all that sort of stuff but again they focus on a lot on the, the negative things and like if you go on Inverclyde now especially I checked that out this morning there's just a lot of like this person was arrested, this person was attacked, this person robbed a shop, this person was arrested in a shop for shouting and bawling. Like focusing on things, there's a lot going on in this town and it's not being addressed. And I feel that that's why there's room for us. Do you want your top five stories never played now, right now? Yes, please. At number five, a witness appeal after man seriously assaulted. At number four, McGill's announced major order for electric buses. Then we've that I've noticed received your COVID vaccine in Inverclyde. Another public notice. Lift the weight of debt with Christians against poverty. And at number one, man allegedly throws items at shop staff, which has well, been exactly. at number one for six months. Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Do you have any other local news here? Oh, I was, I was just looking. I like the electric buses. But I want to go back to that thing. Look, why do you not go for all places to put a big sign? Like, a place that's been classed as the, one of the most depredative, depri- you can use that word? Depredation? Depri- you think Come on, Will, we can mean? get this out. 
Like, he what was the thing where it pretty much deprivation? Yeah, that was the word I'm looking for. Deprivation. Yeah. Greenock yeah. was found to be the most deprived town in all of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, I think we did I... refer to it as Scumbag Central, but yeah, we did. Maybe but... a place to look is to look at the the upcoming election in May. The Scottish elections coming up. How close is that to call? It's it's obviously it's been put there at a certain time. I would think it's put there because of the election to try and sway people in a certain way. Um, just to go at, like, oh. it, it, there's a another piece in the papers today talking about it's a, a letter from a, a reader. It's not from a journalist. A letter from a reader, um, and it's trying to sort of discuss the issue of, um, your votes for the election. So as everybody knows, like. You get two votes in the local elections, um, and SNP are saying again they've got a billboard up just over what's the, what's that place called where the bins are? I call it Tamala Park. What's it actually called? Pottery Street. Are you listening to me? Aye, Pottery Street. Sorry, I had a thing on. Did you get? A wee... You're not even fucking listening to me. How I was. Pottery Street. Are you Scottish? Justin McCarthy. Ah. Oh. Tell me for Scottish. And if you are Scottish, what, uh, do you follow, like, Celtic or something? Oh, that's nice adjusting. Um, yeah, we're Scottish, that's why we talk class. Um, I don't know anything about football. Do you know anything about football, Will? I was raised as a Celtic supporter. I I no longer follow football myself because I just don't. My favourite player was Pat Boner. And I'm more of a Morton man now because it's... I think I just got bored after the whole idea they won nine cups in a row, and you're just like, all right, it's it's not really that, but they're probably not going to win this year. There's my my football knowledge over, but thank you, Justin. That Thanks was... so much, Justin. That was nice of you to listen in. Where are you from? It's been a wee message. Um, just to go back to the Scottish elections again. Um, the letter in here saying so that you get two votes in the elections, obviously. Um, Action for Independence group is got an approach that the constituency vote should go to the SNP, while the regional vote should be cast for pro-indie supporting candidates, best place to win seats. This makes sense in this sort of electoral system. The reason for that is when it comes to like the constituency vote, it's like important that it does go to the SNP so we can get the most seats and stuff like that, but the way that the Holyrood is, sort of works out and stuff like that, the other vote possibly is better going to somebody like the Greens or somebody that, that could come into a coalition with the SNP, so that's the reason for that. I mean, it's as, As I thought, you know, do, have you thought of how you'd be voting? Would you Are you going both SNP or would you try and vote I'm strategically? I'm going Greece and SNP. I'm going SNP and I'm going Green. Sorry, right. I put that out there. And I'm going, and it isn't just because, I, is it Patrick Harvey? Is that the Patrick Harvey, either? yeah. yeah. It's not because he is a massive Doctor Who fan also. Like, I wouldn't yes, be just voting for another Whovian. Be like, yeah, go for it. Uh, mm-hmm. When they do his screen, like when you see his house, he's got a big poster of the second Doctor. A big Patrick, a Patrick Troughton with a Cyberman, and I was he was probably talking something really serious and really good, and I'm sitting staring at the screen going, "Is that Doctor Who?" All right, Patrick, and like, he's also posting he posts on Doctor Who fan boards, but on that I will be voting because as I was going to try to write something about the Dillahunt, the Hunt, the Hunt, the Hunt, the Hunt system when I watch things on it, that is like. After the main one gets it, it goes to the next one. So it's better to fill two cups instead of just filling one. Because it, is that is that a, a good explanation? Like if you fill two cups, you can that means you, the water comes from two places instead of filling one. Because it yeah, goes after you, after you've poured it from one, it goes to the next one. Mm-hmm. So whoever's someone's going to get it anyway from being lower, so they're not going to deserve it. Let's see. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, just to on the elections as well, Nicola Sturgeon has said that the the election the, there's been a lot of stuff on it. They put a lot of the things in place trying to make sure that it, it goes ahead on the day that it's supposed to. But she's saying that it won't be as normal. Um, she the first minister says nothing happens right now without careful consideration of the safety issues. And the Scottish Parliament's passed sort of contingency legislation, and you can see the election run over more than one day if necessary. So and, and then also the fact as well, usually when the ballots close, 10pm, the count starts and sort of maybe, for us anyway, here in Inverclyde, it's maybe 3, 4 in the morning, we find out the results. But they're saying here that you maybe won't find it out till 
the sort of weekend of or maybe the, the following week after the election. That's just because, first of all, they're saying that only 800 people can vote at one polling station, so they're going to have to provide more polling stations, first of all. And when it comes to the count, there's going to have to be less people because like, usually they would count it at, at Inverclyde at our local leisure centre called the Waterfront. They would all get in, together in there. They would all count it and you'd, you know, the press would be there and you'd see sort of local MSPs and stuff in there socialising and kissing babies and stuff to do. But because of the pandemic, because of restrictions, it's all has to be dealt differently. So how do you feel that would be, Brownie, that you're, you're going to have to wait for the result of that? How do you think that's going to be? We did that with America anyway. It took over a week. Like, I'm um, going to stay up. Lawsuits, any- isn't it? I- I'm going to stay up anyway and watch it if it's on the telly, if they don't mm-hmm. just play Bargain Hunt instead. But, uh, aye, it'll be on the telly. If it's over three days, it takes away the kind of, like, almost funness of staying up and watching it. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favourite things. I love staying up to watch an election. But the other thing, does that mean they'll be like, instead of having one big central hub, like for the votes? Because see, where they used to do it, they used to do it down at the, the sports centre, right? Down at the mm-hmm. waterfront. So would they have it in, say, like, some in the town hall, some like, it, so it's like lots of little votes. So, like, say you can, like, sit, fit six people in a place and they would be doing it, then there'd be another hall with like, six people and they would be doing it, like, so... Yeah, I mean there is there is sort of like things to look back on. There's no unprecedented in this situation. Like, um, the first minister said ourselves that something like seven, something like seventy countries have had elections over the course of this pandemic. So there sort of is precedent to look back on. But she said, um, it's not going to be an election as normal. We're not all going to be campaigning in the way we normally do, chapping on people's doors. Maybe in the later stages, more that will be possible. But right now, that is not possible. So it's going to be not even just on the day of election, but in, in the lead up to it and the campaign that we usually see, it's going to be very, very different. And I'm wondering if maybe we get a sort of American-style situation where we're going to be getting campaigning over the phone. Maybe people will start ringing us. I don't know. Like, I don't I don't think I've ever had that. Like, we don't have... We're not in any on anything like that. Usually back in the day, they would just go get a big phone book and just go through the A's and ask them who they're voting for. Mm-hmm. There's a story here as well, kind of interesting, that um, Professor Jason Leach is saying that they're going to start using TikTok to try and reach out to young Scottish people and encourage them to go get their COVID vaccine. Um, because a lot of anti-vax things and going through social media pages, a lot of sort of fake news, not use an overused term, but not accurate information anyway. So the Scottish government are planning to maybe use TikTok to try and he says, um, we're going to use trusted voices, we'll use Young Scott, we're going to use all the third sector organisations you'd expect. It won't be me on TikTok, it'll be people who recognise. So they would recognise Jason Leach, no? I don't know. I would love to see Jason Leach doing a dance. Imagine Scarlett, and she's, <laughs> in, she's injecting herself in the arm, and she's like fighting the fighting the virus away. There you I go. Had my, I had my COVID vaccine yesterday, didn't I? Yeah, how did it go? Explain it's to now the people been... who's not had it. Yeah, it's, I went yesterday at 3.30, and it's 24 hours now as I'm recording this at the moment. So yesterday at 3.30, I went to the town hall in Greenock. Um, the reason I went is I'm in group six because I've got diabetes and et cetera things. I'm 31, so I was speaking to the, the nurse practitioner that gave me my injection before it started, and she was saying um, how difficult it was for her to be registered as a vaccinator, even though she'd been a practitioner for decades lots of experience and stuff like that but she was telling me how she registered for it in October and she wasn't actually successful in being taken on until February um, and since then it's just been total like bang 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 people in one after another she did say to me yesterday that she had had a lot of young people in with diabetes yesterday so I'm, I'm thinking that's probably the reason I was called up as early as I was but um, I'd heard a lot of things like my mum's a nurse so she's had her vaccination a wee while ago so she told me about it and my granny as well had had it um, and I've heard like because the 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 injection's cold, it's like a cold liquid they inject, it's a bit painful. Um and the day after it you kinda of get like flu like symptoms and fever and stuff. So when I got it, honestly didn't feel it. It was painless, but I probably attribute that a lot to the nurse practitioner that gave me it. She's also very experienced, knows what she's doing. So totally painless getting the jag. Um last night I did have a a, a wee headache. It wasn't bad at all. I took two neurofin that went away, but I don't even know that that was could be attributed to the injection. I think that's probably because I was watching screens and stuff a lot last night. Today, I did wake up, though, and my arm's a wee bit tender, as if somebody's like, punched me in the arm. But overall, like I feel good. It's not affected my life, and I just feel like, really fortunate to have been called up as early as I was to get my injection and stuff. And like really, I would 
if you're offered injection, please go get it. Don't listen to these things that you see on social media. Like, go and do your proper research, look into these things. And if you've got questions, the Scottish government's, you know, got a website you can look on, the NHS website. There's, there's ways that you can go and get this information that's accurate or speak to somebody that you know and that you trust even um, that's went and got it and, and they'll be able to tell you because a lot of fake information is going about and things like this. Like, I made jokes when I got mine saying that I had a government tracking device installed, but it's it's craziness. Like, if this is what we need to do, is wear, wear the mask, get the injection, it's not a big ask. Can you confirm also that you haven't grown a tail, wings or horns within the last 24 hours? Well, I've got devil horns anyway, but they were there before the injection, so that cannot be attributed. And I, I got the, the AstraZeneca vaccine, very posh, and the lady did say to me, because I got AstraZeneca for the first dose, um, that it would probably sort of like couple up with my next dose that um, I would get that one again. So it must be that they can they can switch them, I guess. They can either get AstraZeneca or Pfizer or whatever. They're both just sitting in the fridge. In yeah. The little, uh, I, had, I had seen some stuff on social media today, because um, I know you've probably heard as well that they, they get these vaccines ready for like a day, you know, they send out the letters and certain people are coming for the vaccine and stuff like that. But when it comes to the end of the day, if people don't show up or whatever... Oh, excuse me. Sometimes I've got vaccines lying left over, um, and so that's going to waste. And there was a sort of a suggestion that maybe at the end of the day, when they're they're about to close up and stuff like that, maybe like sort of like firefighters or police officers or like something like that, key workers or whatever, that they should come to the vaccine centre. Anything that's left over, they should get rather than rather than sort of discarding that. Like I, I, I do find it weird they are discarding vaccines. I mean, surely there's a, a way to deal with that. Yeah, you would. You would have like I would think you would have like an emergency list like oh we've got ten left like the way I know it sounds really stupid but the way they would do like well like, if you were buying a PlayStation they were like oh ten people didn't show up for a injections we have ten mm-hmm. like this is the list that we would work from from that you're the next people on the line just keep yourself mm-hmm. open. Um, speaking on health as well, we are now in the third day of the Duke of Edinburgh stay. Um, in King Edward's Hospital in London. What do you think of that? They've not actually said what's wrong with him. They said that he walked in um, and it was a sort of precautionary measure to take him into hospital and there was nothing related to COVID and things, but he's 99 years old. I thought he was... So is he not 100 yet? He's 99. He's, he's 99 at the moment. I think he might be turning 100 this year. I'm not 100% on his date of birth, but I think... It, I, I'm sure it was... Maybe I looked it up earlier this year. Maybe it's June or something like that. I could look into it if you wanted to, but I, he's 99 at the moment because I was asking sure... Do you think you'll get the, the letter from the Queen on his birthday? No, just be a post-it note left beside his breakfast. <laughs> but, uh, 10th of June, 1921. He's what, 1921? Imagine that. Like, think of the things he's seen in his life. And how many things he's been horribly racist to in the middle well, of... It does actually quote that in here, saying that the <laughs> Duke has a no-fuss attitude. Um, Penny Junior, who's a royal correspondent, obviously for the BBC Breakfast, she says, "I think the Duke can be quite blunt, and I think he felt people were fussing over him. He could be quite outspoken about that. This is a man who doesn't want any fuss made on his hundredth birthday. So the fact he's in hospital and getting some fuss made of him will really irritate him." Yeah, good for him. Being a hundred years old, though, we're from the west coast of Scotland, where men aren't meant to get out of their fifties, and now this guy that is like double the age of like he is. 40 years old than when my grandfather died. Mm-hmm. He died at 16 and there's this old bastard. So can can I get hunted for that? Beef eaters won't come after me for that, will they? It's your opinion. Remember, we've been taught in Scots law, you think, you feel. It's not a fact. All right. William thinks. Want... William thinks that that's a whole bunch of... They're just going to prop him up. It's going to be a little weekend at Bernie's and this guy's just going to be plopping about. But I he's think he does recognise best... that himself, obviously. I mean, he's saying that he, he recognises that his age and stuff like that and, you know, the, the care that he's been getting and all that sort of stuff. He's obviously in a private hospital in, in the centre of London. He was in at Christmas, sure, and he, he got released on Christmas Eve, went to Windsor and spent Christmas with the Queen. Because um, there's been news again today about, on the Royals, Meghan and Harry, they have now officially been stripped of their titles and their patronages have been returned to Her Majesty the Queen and are going to be redistributed through other members of the royal family. So I guess the extra work for the rest of them. So, you know, as you know, like Meghan and Harry wanted to have this sort of half in, half out, that they would have the sort of celebrity lifestyle in Santa Barbara, but then come back to the UK at times and represent the monarchy. What's your, your feelings on that? Should they have been allowed to keep their patronages? Patronages? 
love to have seen them do it and vlogging it, like taking that full style, <laughs> but and like through speeches and stuff like that, like like say like jumping in with an ad for like Casper mattresses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they're going for. Like the person that doesn't want to be seen doesn't want to be talked about. Does a big spread on how they how they're pregnant again. Just mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Like it really doesn't. I think like, if it's... Even... just just go. Are we going to moan oh, about it? I think even though that their official patronages have been taken away, so Prince Prince Harry was very involved with the military and things like that, and um, they, they both do have a passion for sort of like um, mental health outreach and, and like charity in that way. So I think even though officially they're not representing the royal family, they're still obviously going to have that connection to them. Everybody's aware of them, um, and I think they probably still will do charitable things because we've seen actually during the pandemic there was a bit of a kickback because there was pictures of Meghan and Harry in a. I think a, like a kindergarten or elementary school, they were wearing masks and things, obviously, but um, they were in helping the, the kids with their lunches and playing with them, doing some arts and crafts and things. Um, and there's some kickback on social media about it because the parents of these children in the, in the particular school that they visited weren't actually allowed to take their kids into school. They had to just do a gate drop off. Um, so why are, are these visitors allowed in? But, I, you know, was special privileges, isn't it? But I think they still will do charitable outreach, even though they're not official members of the royal family. Is he still Prince Harry though? Look, would see if I bumped into him like we're both in for a pee in the toilet. Would I be like your royal highness, or is he just Harry now? I think he he will always have his title, but I think what they've been um taking off is is the sort of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge thing. No, 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 Cambridge. What's it called? Sussex. The Duke of Sussex. So he's no longer that. He's just Harry, Prince Harry. Well, I guess he's still so. got a title. Um, this, the statement from Buckingham Palace said the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have confirmed to Her Majesty the Queen that they will not be returning as working members of the royal family. Following conversations with the Duke, the Queen has written confirmation that in stepping away from the work of the royal family it is not possible to continue with the responsibilities and duties that come with a life of public service. The honorary military appointment and royal patronages held by the Duke and Duchess will therefore be returned to Her Majesty before being redistributed amongst working members of the royal family. In this statement, the Queen and the rest of the royal family expressed their feelings following Meghan and Harry's definitive departure. Uh, the announcement ended by saying, while all are saddened by their decision, the Duke and Duchess remain much-loved members of the family. They know a podcast, don't they? I believe so, yeah. Um, a spokesman for the Duke and Duchess then went on to say, as evidenced by their work over the past year, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex remain committed to their duty and service to the UK and around the world and have offered their continued support to the organisation they have represented regardless of official role. So they'll still keep going, but they're not just they're not going to be, you know, official members of the royal family anymore. They'll just be, I guess, celebrity representatives now. If the title's going, I don't mind being Prince I'll be a Prince William. Well, mm. Prince William too. Yeah. Um I can I've got a, a wee interesting piece here actually on the sort of topic of mental health it's saying almost half people half the people in Scotland are drifting apart from friends due to coronavirus restrictions according to a survey the study by the Cystic Fibrosis Trust found that 45% of people north of the border say they are speaking to friends less than before the pandemic hit um, and it's interesting really saying that according to the study 23% of people are drinking more tea and 23% drinking more coffee so because the only time I've seen my friends was going to the pub like we that's what our social life was i guess that's why it's, i know it's an important thing to megan megan and harry they've spoke a lot on that saying that um mental health outreach is important and during the pandemic people being lonely and stuff like that so it's, it is an important thing and obviously people were feeling it yeah i i still talk to like my good friends online like I, they're usually just banter going going across with that but mm-hmm. we're both sober now so I, I forget exactly what it looks like. But um, mental, mental health is very, very important, especially through this. Like this is like people that did go and they were very sociable. Like I could imagine like what I would have been like if this happened me through my twenties, where I pretty much lived in the pub and was like a member of a ga- like a friend gang sort of thing that we were always together. Like having me locked up in my house would have been like it would have been too much for me. Mm-hmm. What about um, you? What do you mean? 
Like, you're like 30 now, or yeah. 29. 31. 29. Yeah. You'll never get hired by the BBC, you're always 29. Alright. So, and like, did you have that, like, when you hit 18 and you were like, I'm going to live in the pub now? Wait, I'm going to be out every weekend, every night, or were you always a sort of like home burnt home? No, absolutely not. Like, I, like my husband, I met him when I was uh, 15, so we came to the sort 25? of like. <laughs> no, he was 16, so it was in dodgy. Um, but I met him when I was 15, and, you know, we dated and stuff like that, and, like, eventually I moved to Australia and everything, so. Um, me and him were no big drinkers or anything like that, so we were never really like pub people. We we went like a couple of times, but me and him were very much just like like to stay at home with a takeaway and just hang out together, and like we were never really that type of person. And we're still no, we're just we're boring. We like staying at home. I've got that off years. I put well prefer staying at home than I do going out. Like I used to be out all the time, and now that I usually even going to Tesco's, like mm-hmm. fancy yeah. shit out of me. I wonder if we could um, segue into a big issue here. We've not talked about this kind of in the papers today, and that's the evidence from the Alex Salmon trial accusing Nicola Sturgeon of misleading Parliament. So the uh, Scottish Parliamentary Corporate Body has agreed to publish the material after being asked for a ruling by the Holyrood Inquiry into the Salmon affair. And after two meetings yesterday, the SPCB's chair, President Officer Ken McIntosh, said the cross-party management group had collectively agreed that on balance it's possible to publish the submissions with some redactions so they are Mueller reporting but what do you think about, about this whole thing? Like, him of all people, like, the idea of it's happening right at an election mm-hmm. just seems just seems bad like, if he was still like, with the idea of Scottish independence, he would be like alright let's hold this till after after this goes on well, he, he wants it as soon as possible. That's exactly what, what he wants. I mean, I suppose the First Minister feels the exact opposite, but I, I think, I don't know, I think Alex, well, Alex Salmon wants it out now for a reason. He's not he's not a stupid man, you know. He's just trying to cause chaos. Mm-hmm. But do you, look, did she know, did they not know? Like, they were close, they were not close, like, it, to me, it's almost like the Beatles breaking up in a certain way, and it makes me sad. Like, I always seen them two together, like, like through the Yes campaign, it was always them two, and now they're like in two different camps and stuff. Like, it it puzzles me. Well, I, 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 I agree on that. Um, it's, it's, as it's said just now, Alex Salmon is set to testify under oath before the committee next Wednesday. Um, and Nicola Sturgeon, the First Minister, is due to appear the following week. And she's, as you fully heard in Parliament this week, she said that she's um, keen to stand up and give her evidence. And she's relishing the prospect of putting her side across and rebutting conspiracy theories about her. There's all it is right now is conspiracy theories, if you think about it, really. Mm, but she she was challenged quite a bit in the, in the chamber by Jack, Jackie Bailey. And uh, she's going through her time just now, I think. And I I do sympathise for her and I feel bad for her because she, with the relationship she's had with Alex Salmond and how close they were and things like that, it's, it's, it's thrown her thrown her into question, even though she might have not had anything to do with it because she was so close to him and sort of under his wing and stuff like that. It's raised questions about her and she's a very smart woman. Like, she was a lawyer. Like, she's... The, I mean, it's like we've said before, like, she's the ideal person to be First Minister because Scotland needs a fucking lawyer. Like, she's best place to be I think probably the best that we could have ever hoped for sort of thing but because of our affiliation with him I really feel this might be the thing that brings her down Imagine getting like, all great leaders I've noticed is taken down by their own party Yeah I feel like I was going to say Thatcher then I said all good leaders then I said Thatcher and I was like I don't want to paste that that'll be a soundbite that'll haunt me for the rest of them. <laughs> Um, so the First Minister said as well, the, the, a spokesperson said, um, the only frustration is that she, the First Minister, has still not had the chance to rebut the claims and conspiracy stories that have been levelled at her and has lost count of how many times she's agreed to appear before the committee only for the date to be postponed. So is that due to the pandemic or due to like, she has to pretty much do a speech at half twelve every day sort of thing or is that... Well, no, I think it's, it's down to committee, I think, really. And like we watched um, you know, her husband being questioned before committee and stuff like that and it was awkward and 
I think when it comes to Alex Salmon going before committing, like, oh, that will be massive. Well, I'm keen to see what he's going to say. I'm wondering who will cover it. I wonder, look, because this always gets thrown on to Sky, to BBC Scotland, mm-hmm. like that niche channel. Mm-hmm. Would like, the idea that like, they're trying to, like, the BBC like, always try to push like, the opposite agenda, would they be like, we're going to stop bargain hunt tonight, today, so you can watch this? Mm-hmm. Like, put it all around the, the country instead of, like, putting it on the, the smaller channel? We should be clear on this as well, that Alex Salmond, like, was, went to trial, it was cleared of all 13 charges um, of the allegations, and the, the Scottish government eventually had to pay um, £500,000 of legal fees for Alex Salmond, um, and they, they did, the Scottish government did admit that they had botched the investigation, um, and this inquiry now is looking at the Scottish government's handling of the complaints against Alex Salmond, it's not in any sort of way, you know, accused him of anything he's been cleared of, of all the charges that was levelled against him. This is relating to the Scottish government's handling of this. It's good you cleared that up there, Ash. Um, but yeah, so, I think it's going to be a, an, an interesting thing when Alex Salmond does eventually go up in front of them. And, but the, the, the quote that got me was that official publications mean the submission can be included in the inquiry's final report and used to question witnesses but they're saying that it's possible to publish the submission with some redactions. And we've seen that before, you know, these documents put up and 99% of it's redacted. Now you see the words and and the, and, I mean, is, is it what's going to be redacted? Is there going to be enough there just to see what's going on? Or is that just a big black pen? Yeah. Just say Alex Salmon, then the rest of it black? Yeah. Well, regardless, I mean... We've done some heavy stuff there. Should we have, should we um lighten up a wee bit with some lighter news we've got? Can I talk about an OBE? An OBE? Yes. Max the Miracle Dog is the first pet to receive an animal OBE. Max the Dog? Max the Dog. Not our Max the Dog. This is a a 10-year-old Springer Spaniel. So what happened? Right. He's a therapy dog from Cumbria. And he was given to... His owner, Kerry Irvin, who was coming back from a road traffic accident, he was unable to walk. He developed severe depression. Two years after the crash, someone gave him Max. And that gave him the sort of power in the, the thingy to go walking again, like to get him up to go walking. Then 12 months after that the he got Max, he walked Ben Nevis. And now Max has oh. got this. Because he referred to Max as Max the Wonder Dog. Oh, no, he didn't. It was Max the, Max the Miracle Dog. Wonder Dog. That sounds like if he should be hanging out with <laughs> Superman there. He's a, Max is now a fully trained therapy dog. and like, He goes to hospitals and hospices and stuff like that and just helps people out. Good boy, Max. So he's an OBE now? So is he Sir Max? What is it? He's, I'm still looking down. I think that... Max has been given a medal, which he wears on a blue ribbon around his collar at all times. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if it's the Queen. I know the Queen, but he's—I don't know if he's been knighted or has names with letters behind his name. It doesn't cover that. But they're just saying That's the so man's like on his lowest day. Max is his reason to live. Oh. And I, I've known that feeling too, like having a dog. Like, some dogs have been my best friends. I know that's what you say. No, I, I feel that as well. And like, I mean, that's the way my husband does with Max or we dog Max. Like, I feel like he likes Max better than he likes me. He does sleep in there also. Like, I've, yeah. I've seen Max lying in the middle of his. But dogs are just the best. Like, through the roughest times of your life if there's a dog there and it's like we've said before that we can watch so many movies and TV shows and you can see people die in those shows and it'd be really sad and stuff like that like, obviously but if you see an animal or a dog especially being hurt or dying or whatever it just it's unwatchable for me I can't stand it Have I talked about that website before? The the website called Does the Dog Die? And you can no. check the film that you're watching you just write in the name and it will tell you if the animal dies or not, so if you want to watch it or not. <laughs> so you know if you can avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't know that Marley and me was, like, I was I was in a state at the end of Marley and me. 
I've still not watched it just because I know I've heard bits about it and I'm like, no, I'm I'm not going to watch that. Like, you, you see the dog getting old and then you see him getting put down. Oh, it's just rough. That's sad. No, um, I, I can't handle that. I've got another few um, facty factoids for us today. Right. If you're interested in them. One Fact of them... Me away. One of them you're going to be interested in. Um, the pioneering pop artist who co-created the Beatles' most famous album cover has produced new artworks for a series of exclusive whiskey bottles. Sir Peter Blake, best known for the Beatles' 1967 Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album sleeve, produced 13 signature collages for the McCallum's New Anecdotes of Ages collection, and one of the 13 bottles is expected to fetch up to £750,000 when it goes under the hammer at Sotheby's in New York next month. What do you think of that? £750,000 for a bottle of whiskey. See, the thing is, that I've seen the way they've done those shots. Look, you could do the, the Sergeant Pepper thing on your phone now, pretty much, if you think about it, right? Yeah. Like, you, you could be like, oh, let's make a background, let's add some people. That could be done. Like, that was all cardboard cutouts and real flowers, and like, mm-hmm. they stood in the middle of it. Like, it's fascinating. I mean, you know, the like conspiracy theories, you know, about Paul McCartney being dead and stuff, and that being his funeral, and there's all these hints and stuff in it, and do you think Paul McCartney died and was replaced by a clone? Oh, by a Canadian, is it not? I had, like, a competition winner dude, wasn't it, I think? <laughs> oh, let, let's not go down that way, or we'll get my brother on talking about conspiracy theories. But, I, um, I, I Go ahead, I, sorry. I, Aye, so I've, I've got another thing here today, from, it's from the archives that the Herald Scotland put in today. 50 years ago today, the completion date for the Erskine Bridge, which will span the Clyde to link the Glasgow Loch Lomond Inverness Trunk Road, the A82, with the Glasgow Greenock Trunk Road, A8, and it's been put back from the spring to early summer. A Scottish office official said yesterday building the bridge was only slightly behind schedule, and this is entirely due to the difficulties of construction work during the winter months. So that's 50 years, the Erskine Bridge. Do you remember when you had to pay a toll on that? Um, yeah, I remember that. I remember when, I, you know, my husband um, likes silly quotes and silly things. And um, I remember back in the day when I first started dating him, he had a quote on his live journal saying, how can you crash on the Erskine Bridge? It's a straight line. That is, that is a true statement. Um, I've got some more factoids on this day. 1855, bread riots broke out in Liverpool. Um, 1878, Thomas Edison patented the phonograph. Um, 1906 in America, William Kellogg formed the Battle Creek Toasted Cornflake Company to make the breakfast cereal he developed as a health food for mental patients. What? It's always crazy. <laughs> Here, you'll get bipolar, have some cornflakes, and you'll feel all right. And <laughs> um, we've got some celebrity birthdays today. Gwen Taylor is 82. Smokey Robinson is 81. Jeff Daniels, legend, 66. Seal is 58 and Benicio Del Toro is 54. Beth Ditto from Gossip is 40 today. And also, this is what I wanted to talk about. On this day in 1963, Betty Friedan released the book The Feminine Mystique and that was responsible for kicking off the second wave of feminism and she's an incredible person. Um, if you never checked that out, you should definitely check it out. She's done a lot of things. She had 20,000 women marching in, in New York City and saying that women shouldn't just be housewives and mothers and things like that she opened up a bank for women she'd she done so much she is an amazing person please check out betty frieden and the feminine mystique book is from 1963 but it's still a good read i've got uh, an event of interest that happened today ash which one is for you what george harrison 1981 in 1981 george harrison is ordered to pay a b k c o music Five hundred five hundred eighty-seven thousand for subconsciously plagiarism in his song "My Sweet Lord." We run in yep. case song. He's so fine. Yep, that's right. That's right. I saw another wee thing, um, an advert in the paper. By the way, this is going to sound like a sponsorship, but it absolutely isn't. It's just another to promote a wee Clyde business here. There, it is a book. It's called "The Best of Glasgow City Guide and Cookbook." And um, they've actually got a Mother's Day offer on. It's only ten pounds with free postage and packaging in the UK. Uh, it says, Best of Glasgow celebrates the people and places in the city with neighbourhood profiles, top restaurants, cafes and bars, alongside the stories from independent shops, creative businesses, musicians, artists and local personalities. Um, it's got nice artwork in it. It talks about a lot of bands, you know, Franz Ferdinand, Blue Nile, Claire Grogan. 
um, and cookbook with recipes from local food places, including um, Chardon Door, the Butcher Shop Bar, um, Ubiquitous Chip, like, you know, all the good Glasgow favourites. So that wee book looks classic. So you can buy it now. I've seen it in the Herald. It's heraldscotland.com slash best hyphen of hyphen Glasgow hyphen book. Or I guess just it's called the best of Glasgow city guide and cookbook. You can probably Google that. But it's only a tenner and just show you wonder, me, um, local artists and businesses to support because in this crappy time it's important to support the little businesses and keep them going I wonder how much deep fried food's in that it'd be interesting we should buy a copy and we can talk about it next week how about that we'll get a copy of the best of Glasgow we'll chat to you about it next week another one that I just checked because you got me now looking at on this date Bon Scott died in 1980 today the Is lead right? singer yeah the lead singer and lyricist of Agadaga ACDC died. He died of alcohol poisoning, who drunk too much, lost his keys, smashed the car in his own car window, he slept in his car and died of frostbite. Alcohol poisoning. So they say. Alright, well, um, as I've been on over an hour now, so I think we should like head off, but we'll be back. When are we coming back again? What's your next episode? When would you like to take it? Um, I thought... I thought we could come back on Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday? Mm-hmm. We could do Wednesday. We could do a... Are you free Wednesday? I'm free Wednesday. We could do a weekend brunch if you want to do a half an hour on Sunday. I Would anyone we... want to join us? How about we do like an Andrew Marr situation and we'll get the Sunday papers and we'll talk to you about that. We'll do um, maybe Sunday one o'clock. Can I drive around London in my cool car with music playing in the background? You cannot. All right. I do right, we'll, um, we'll, we'll head off now but thank you so much for listening thank you so much for sending comments in we're going to be back, you can catch us on Instagram at Mouth of the Clyde or email us at mouthoftheclyde at gmail.com we'll have more stuff going on if you want to send us any comments or feedback or your opinions on what we've talked about, just get in touch, we'd like to hear from you no, and it's, it's been a pleasure, this is actually not it's been as bad as I thought, I thought we would end up fighting or swearing at each other mm-hmm. we did actually not bad yeah, it was good, right well I'll go now, um, and we'll speak to you on Sunday, one o'clock. All right, I'll see you in the hall in five minutes. Bye. For everyone else, I'll see you on Sunday. Bye. Bye. Have a good weekend. <laughs>